0: All right, three, two, welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, writer at Mavs.com and lover of Wendell Carter Jr. What you got for me, Isaac Harris?
1: Uh, Nick, you didn't say Al
0: Horford, so. (laughs) Al Horford light. Today we are doing the draft profile for Wendell Carter Jr. Um, Isaac, this is probably going to be a shorter one. (laughs)
1: Which is funny because he's really the only guy so far that's been uh, not really connected. But he had his pre-draft workouts for uh, the Chicago Bulls the other day, and he talked to reporters afterwards and told them gave a list of teams that he was set to work out for. Uh, one of them was Memphis. Was like, hmm, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, which a lot a lot of those guys up through there, you know, they work out for almost everybody.
0: Yeah, you got to um, do your due diligence on everybody.
1: Yeah. And there's really no as long as the prospect will do it. There's really no nothing that hurts like working out, like yeah, a team working out a guy.
0: We mentioned this before on the podcast, but somebody recently, I think it was Bagley, worked out for like a whole bunch of teams, even like Houston and stuff. I think it was Bagley. I'm not sure, or maybe it was Porter Jr. But like he's working out for all these different teams, and and I think Fran Fraschilla said that these guys are going to be eventually free agents someday. So yeah. they want this bank of it. The teams want this bank of information on this guy. If they're going to try to go after him later in his career, so like the Mavericks have,
1: the Mavericks have, I was talking to a guy the other day in the Mavericks front office about their player database. And I was like, I just straight up asked him. I was like, how many players are in your database? He was like, Oh my gosh. Like, I, like I don't even know a number on it. He's like thousands upon thousands.
0: Yeah, well, uh, will tell him about the uh the the two K guy, like the guy that runs the uh, the two K team. He had when, before the draft, he had his like spreadsheets of people, and and that was he gets to pick six players, and he had like this huge.
1: Yeah, the two K guy. They have just, like they had a draft analyst. He's like their assistant coach. And yeah, I sat down with him at his like cubicle, and uh, literally, I mean, his full time job was scouting nba 2k video game players and he had this huge document of just i mean player on player and then he had a a whole other document with these huge scouting reports on each player and he would tell me like how many games he would watch of each player and how he'd watch their best games and worst games and that's for a video game so (laughs) imagine for real life i can't
0: imagine uh, for real life so in fun. real
1: life, they start at such a young age, and, I mean, they start, like, the Mavericks have people, scouts, that literally, like, there's a couple scouts that work for the Mavericks that I know they focus just on, like, under 18 players overseas, <laughs> they're just going to all these, like, Jeez. U-17 tournaments, and they, you know, start putting people in their databases at
0: what a 15,
1: life. 16 years old, and in in some gym in Croatia, or something like that, like, was, which
0: which guy like looked at his life and said, "Man, was at a uh, a high school basketball game. and was like, "You know what? I want to I want to watch this product the rest of my life." <laughs> you know? <laughs> Who yeah. was that guy? And there are tons of them. I would do it. Would you do it?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, the traveling <laughs> would be hard on family stuff yeah. because they're gone. I mean, literally they're gone all day time. Yeah. Uh, I'm working on a big story, and so, like, I'm being in constant contact with a lot of them. And it's just, like, anytime I we, we talk, it's like, oh, I'm in this country right now. I Literally, for the past, like, three weeks, it's like, I'm in this country, I'm in this country, I'm in this country. Well, let me get back to you on Thursday. I'm yeah. flying back to the States here. I'm in L.A. for these pro workouts. I'm in – it's just – I'm like, holy crap, man. You're, like, never – you're never at home, and that's the life of a scout.
0: Yeah. All right, well, let's talk about Wendell Carter Jr. Woo! He is six ten with a seven four wingspan. He's two hundred and fifty one pounds. So we're not talking about like a Nerlens or a Bomba that like needs to add weight. He's at a pretty good. He's at a pretty good weight right now, uh, and I think that's a strength for him. His his size, I think, is a, is a big strength. Are you done with all the strengths? No, I just that was one thing I was going to say. <laughs> now you get to come in with one, and then <laughs> but neither of us want them to draft Wendell Carter. Full disclosure: Neither of us wanted them to draft Wendell Carter, so we did not do a ton of homework.
1: <laughs> well, we yeah, we had last year we combined some of these guys together into different pods, and um, you know we did the longer pods on the Bombas and Jacksons and Porters, you know these guys that are really connected to the Mavs, and but yeah, I mean. <laughs> Wendell I mean, he
0: is the he, Wendell Carter is the one that is actually connected to the Mavs. It's so. actually
1: working out for the Mavs. I mean. um, <laughs> no, like we're gonna look really dumb if they draft him. <laughs> the thing, I mean, I watch him play a lot. Obviously, it's kind of like Bagley because I'm a huge Tar Heel guy. I watch ACC basketball a ton, so I watch him play a decent amount. And he's super smart. Like he's just a, a really smart player. If you're telling me to pick. Like out of the the big men in the draft of the, that group, if you're saying Isaac, but tell me the smartest of those guys, or so the most or most cerebral, however you want to say that um, player, it'd probably be Wendell Carter Jr. I mean, yeah. I'm pretty sure he had the Harvard connection also, yeah, and like Bamba and super smart, super smart with the ball. Um, he has a nice touch around the basket. Him, that the two-man game that him and Bagley had were uh, was offensively. Pretty, <laughs> yeah, offensively was, you know, it was you pretty impressive how they would their touch with each other, their passing, their interior passing between each other. That was pretty impressive. He's a great rebounder.
0: Yeah the the comparison that always gets made is Al Horford. Now we're not we're not gonna go to that length, but the the reason why he's compared to Al Horford is because he's good at a lot of different things. You know, he can handle a little bit. He's got a decent jump shot. Like he said, he can rebound. Uh, he's a fine passer. You know, just like things like that. He just does all like the little things. And so when you're when you're all around like little things, kind of big, you're gonna get compared to Al Horford. Yeah, I mean, he can so
1: question i'll bring to you because you're a huge jackson guy okay what's what's the difference
0: you get a much better shooter much better rim protector with jackson
1: i agree that jackson I, i'm just i'm playing i'm playing devil's advocate here. i agree jackson is a head and feet shoulders better than Wendell carter jr in my opinion i'm just saying you're
0: getting a much better defensive player just overall yeah, Jackson's and, instincts and Jackson's shop blocking ability just it sets him so much far apart. From
1: one. I feel like some people could look at him and be like, "Okay, well, all we hear about is how Window Carter Jr. is really good in all these categories, and that's what just you know Jaren Jackson is." And like, okay, well, let's look at Window Carter Jr.'s per forty numbers. Yeah, which are incredible. <laughs> like, look at Window Carter Jr.'s per forty numbers. Yeah, like people wanted to throw. That's why I'm all about. <laughs> I, I hate that when people are like, oh, my gosh, Jackson didn't play very many minutes. Look what he would do in 40 minutes.
0: Yeah, well, here's here's his per 36 uh, for Wendell Carter. 18 points, 12 rebounds, almost three assists, almost three blocks of steal. <laughs> 56% from the floor, 41% from three, 74% from the line. Uh, pretty dang impressive. Those are pretty good numbers. Yeah,
1: so, like, that's my thing of, like, I think – for a common fan with that of saying, okay, well, we hear a lot of Jackson has everything. He doesn't have these big glaring weaknesses. Carter has the great per 40 numbers. He has good block numbers. He can shoot from the three. He can, you know, rebound well, blah, blah, blah. That's where I think I agree. Jackson is a better prospect than him, but do you have any strength, more strengths?
0: I'd say the difference between Wendell and Jackson is the floors. I feel like... And the floors and the ceilings, uh, because I feel like Jackson's ceiling is so much higher than Wendell's ceiling.
1: Yes, I think Jackson's ceiling's higher, but I think both of them will They're, be in the league for like ten years. Yeah, their
0: floors are both very punches. high too.
1: Yes, and like like I'm not saying that Wendell's going to be the biggest bust or anything like that. Yeah, he just defines the man. If we take Wendell at five, we're passing on at least two maybe three other players that it could come back to haunt you yeah <laughs> we'll, we'll talk I mean, more we'll
0: talk more about those things and like ceiling floor and stuff like that uh okay. weaknesses for window what do you got
1: um heavy feet yeah. and that that sounds kind of dumb no, that's more, good much to some people, but like just watching a lot i watched live in this morning and just seeing um just different just different stuff like his perimeter stuff that's what worries me the most of just him being able to guard on the perimeter. He has the girth. Like how much did you say he
0: weighed? Two fifty. You said it.
1: Yeah. So he, he has the girth. Like he's he has that that's why he's an excellent rebounder. Like he's a great a great offensive rebounder. He he knows how to use his body down there and stuff. So like down in the post, like that's awesome. But he no matter where he goes, he's gonna be the first guy that's gonna be brought up to the top and put in pick and rolls. And that's what he's going to have to prove in workouts. And i seen, I seen the other day, I think he was talking with the Bulls, and I'm pretty sure he said the same thing in that interview, saying that's where I have to improve. I think he said it at the combine when he was talking to Woj and stuff, is that perimeter defense against the smaller guys. And he yeah. knows it, and he's not dumb, and he's super smart. So, like, it's just that's, that's the thing with that. And all the other bigs in front of him, I like their ability to guard on the perimeter more than uh,
0: windows. Another thing, another thing that's a weakness, and I know we kind of mentioned this as a strength, but his size, he's not like he's not overwhelming size wise. Like he's not huge, and he's also not super athletic where he can like defend in space. So he's a little bit stuck in that mid like tier, <laughs> like between uh, like a Bamba who's just imp- super impressive size wise and uh, you know, and a guy that can defend in space. Yeah, you know, that's quick you know
1: yeah and you mentioned athletic he's not an above the rim player right like he's not the guy that is gonna you know set a pick for dennis roll the basket and catch it way above the rim he doesn't you know he just doesn't have that and that's where i think it's a the al horford comp i don't like a ton because horford catches lobs like horford i mean you saw that in the eastern conference finals i mean i think Rozier threw him a lob from the Three point line, and I mean Horford threw it down pretty well. Horford well, Horford, the-,
0: the thing about Horford though, he's sneaky athletic. You like, only say that about yeah. white guys, but Horford is actually sneaky athletic because he just he he isn't like so explosive, and he doesn't explode all the time. You know, like he picks his spots.
1: Yeah, and but Horford, he I see. Okay, when people say at Horford, I see the all like people want to make that comp because Horford can shoot in the mid range. He can shoot from three. He can handle himself on the post. And like I see that of oh, people want to make that comp to uh, to Wendell, but Horford's just, he's a quicker than Carter is. Horford can guard better on the perimeter than that. Um, yeah, I, I'm just not a huge fan of that comp. I, I'm. It says more about how I view Al Horford because I think he's one of the best bigs in the league. But yeah, and if, if you have a big that can't that doesn't play above the rim, it gets. That doesn't play above the rim, has heavy feet, and kind of struggles guarding on the perimeter. That, yeah.
0: It's kind of problematic. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, I mean, and we're nitpicking. Like, he's going to be a top 10, top 12 pick probably. But, like, that, it's just when you're picking at five, we, when you're picking at five, he has a little bit more question marks, red
0: flags for me than the other bigs. Right. Right. Uh, but despite all those red flags, he's going to get taken very high in the lottery. So we will talk about that, Isaac, after we take a quick break. Okay, so where do you think Wendell Carter is actually going to go? Um, I,
1: don't, I don't like his fit in Chicago. He's been pegged there in every mock draft, and I, I just don't like the fit with marketing. I want a guy with marketing yeah. that is going to protect the paint, that you know, whatever it is, I just don't like that fit. That's just personally, obviously, whatever. But I, honestly, I he's my candidate that I think could fall a little bit, and I know I've said that before, but yeah, that
0: yeah. So Philly, let's like, go. Th- if, let's go through it. So Magic, it would be a mistake if I picked him.
1: That would be. Yeah. I could. There's a world in which I could see it. But after the Magic, none of those other teams I really like. The
0: Bulls, time. we already said. The Cavs would kind of be weird. They'd have to trade Love. The Knicks, I don't know. I mean, I guess him and Porzingis could be interesting.
1: Okay, so and I'll say this: I love Fran Fraschilla. I I love him to death, and I know his son. Like he, Fran's a great guy. Okay. But he was just on the Dallas Morning News, uh where he just like did a story with them and he said and he thinks Wendell will be a four. And he was saying the Maverick's draft and he would slide into the four with Barnes at the three.
0: Yeah.
1: Ooh man. That, ooh. That's rough. That scares me. Fran knows more than I do. He's a genius and great and all that stuff. But just that just scares me. Yeah. So like in in that case, I I like Porzingis at the five. So Carter would have to play at four, and I just don't know about that. So I don't really like him
0: in New York either. Then Philly, the, the fit in Philly is kind of weird. Which, if yeah. they want
1: him to be a security blanket to Embiid, and like, yeah. but in still in that case, if I'm Philly, I want I would rather take somebody like Lonnie Walker or somebody that could fit better with my offense.
0: Yeah, and then you kind of take away your ability to like you. You limit Dario Saric at that point, like you're kind of like yeah. pushing him out of the rotation a little, and then you have Ben Simmons, who's now no longer going to play any four. <laughs> yeah, unless you take Wendell as like your backup four five, like he can backup. He's going to take all the minutes that Ben Simmons doesn't play, or that that uh, he's, Joel and doesn't backup. play. Yeah, right. He's the M B backup plus some four minutes as well. Yeah, that could be interesting. Uh, and then Charlotte. Now now you're starting now he's starting to drop.
1: You know what yeah, like, Sha- I Yeah, I think
0: Charlotte should dropped. Charlotte
1: should probably take him at that point. Yeah. Like I could see somebody taking him over Miles Bridges, something like that. Like yeah, sh- that area is where I think he should go is the Charlotte, either of the Clippers picks, like that that's a great pick for them at twelve or thirteen. So any of those three picks right there is if you're asking me where I think he'll go, I think he'll be there.
0: <laughs> Do you hear my dog make that weird noise? No. Okay, good. Yeah. Any of those any of those places too. Uh NBA comps or ceiling floor for him. We sort of already talked about this. It would be hard pressed for me to see him be an all NBA type player or even like an all star. You just have no. to be so good at all those things that he that we said he was good at for him to make it for that level.
1: Yeah. It would be harder for me to see a pat to be an all star, but I mean, solid player. I think he'll be in the league ten plus years. I think you know. I think when you're look when you're sitting down looking at it, I think he'll be averaging probably double double, and he'll be a. I mean, he'll be a solid player. Like he'll. I mean, in the league for a long time.
0: Is there any comps besides besides uh, <laughs> Al Horford? <laughs> so you're gonna laugh at this one, but okay. So
1: I got a player that is the uh, earlier version of a player. So, okay, I'll just say them together. Jaron Jackson is Oklahoma City, Serge Ibaka. Wendell Carter is Toronto, Serge Ibaka.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's right there. I'll just leave it at mean, that, like, By that, you mean he's secretly 40 years old? No, but,
1: like, that that's the two different type of games right there.
0: Oh, this is – so, NBA – Draft.net always has comparisons and sometimes I find them hilarious. Sometimes they're really good though. But they have Al Horford and then they also have Juan Howard.
1: Huh. Nice too bad. Yeah,
0: I kinda like that one.
1: Yeah. I mean Derek Favors, maybe.
0: Yeah, Derek Favors now he hits he hits, you know, corner threes, so that could be good. Yeah. One. Sort of stuck in that four or five like middle sort of thing. Yeah. So those
1: Toronto are, Toronto Abaca.
0: There you go. Those are those <laughs> Toronto, but I can't get over that one. Future, future. <laughs> all right, and and Jackson's OKC okay, it. Now that I just can't stop laughing at what Isaac just said, let's <laughs> uh, we'll take a quick break. And, and coming up next, we oh. will tell you what Wendell Carter Jr. could do for the Dallas Mavericks and how he could destroy them forever. <laughs> okay, how. <laughs> let's uh let's make good on the tease. How could Wendell Carter destroy the Mavericks forever? How, what is no. his future role on the Mavericks?
1: <laughs> he wouldn't destroy them forever. Uh I mean, he would he's going to be your future 5 just like you would want Jackson and all of them to be, but you know, as far as like next year, who playing with Dirk, that would be kind of tough, but I don't know if he would start immediately. I mean,
0: yeah. I don't think so either.
1: Like, look at the pros and cons of window Carter. They would and, probably
0: start him at and, four with Dirk as the five. I think they would do that. Because who else is going to start? I mean, unless they get a big free agent. Top five pick. Here we come. But
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> no. Uh, Stop. But like, no. I mean, he would. He would just want. You would want him to. Obviously, if you take him at five, you think he can be the next Al Horford. So, like, if you take him that high, you think he can be that and be this. See, I think Al Horford's a playmaker. and By the way,
0: like this Wendell's comparison style. of Wendell and Al Horford's the best thing that ever happened to Al Horford because, cause man, now everybody makes me now so everybody's overrated, like, is uh, taking Al Horford. They're like, oh, now everyone needs an Al Horford. Cause oh, forever, so oh, you said oh, the best thing to
1: happen for Wendell Carter Jr.
0: No, for Al Horford because now it's like before it was like nobody nobody really wants Al Horford he's overpaid like why yeah. did, Why? you know he's the the all-star that shouldn't be an all-star he's you know Dan Patrick has this thing which I, I think he does it as a compliment but he talks about uh, players that should be in the hall of very good <laughs> it's like Joe Johnson and uh you know and, and Al Horford and guys like that but uh but now with this comparison every, all of a sudden he's like like yeah like everybody huh. needs a guy like this <laughs> uh it's so, yeah, bad I mean, I, bad for Wendell though I think
1: I just view him as a five instead of a four so at that point the same roster decision like Salah's gone I mean we think Salah nerland is gone for sure anyway yeah. but um then I think you I think you really really ask yourself like well I don't I'm not gonna go that far I'm not gonna say this on the pod but <laughs> <laughs> what is so what does it do for Motley you know like
0: that's what you're not going to say on the pod. No, no, there was okay. something else I was going to say, but oh, I can't um, wait to hear it.
1: So, like, what does it do for Motley? Can't wait till
0: did... you just give up and tweet it in like a week. <laughs> if get mad <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: But no, I mean, like, yeah, what's it do for Motley? Is Motley going to be able to play any of that stuff?
0: They could not play together. That would just be a train wreck. No, no, no. I don't think. No. <laughs> it's like putting Motley with with uh, Wendell would just be like a worse version of what they had at Duke with Bagley and
1: yeah and that's and we've talked about you know they played two three zone so much at Duke and I I think that's more of a nod towards Wendell than is you know Bagley Wendell played that middle spot a ton in, in that zone and he's a great shot blocker like he's you know he's fine with that but I just don't know. Him guarding in a pick and roll like he's gonna have to be in the NBA. That that's challenging to me.
0: Yeah. So uh, second round pick pairing, you have anything on this?
1: Uh, Wings that can play defense. Any of them. Any any of the wings? Yeah. That we already mentioned of those wings.
0: All right, Isaac. I'm gonna just throw you out here. Here we go. Why should the Mavs take Wendell Carter? Give me the case. Put put together a case, Isaac. (laughs) You have to. Okay. Wendell has I mean, hired you as his lawyer, and you're standing in front of Donnie Nelson, Mark Cuban, Rick Carlisle, and Dirk, who's sitting over on his phone playing around. Yes. Why did everyone take him? everyone in attendance today? Did you watch the NBA playoffs?
1: Did Did you watch the Boston Celtics? Did you see what Al Horford did? I mean, this is like your main case. If you're like you know Carter's attorney, and you're saying, look at the versatility Horford had. He can play, he can block shots, he can hit the three, he can, you know, he has the girth, he has the body, he can bang down low, he can be this five in the league that can step out and hit the hit the three while still protecting the rim if he's you know near the basket. And if you're you know, if you're the Mavericks and you're saying, hey, you're looking at maybe some other people on the board, and you if if you really want your center to be able to hit the three, and which he's proved that he can. If you you know want them to have a you know a body that's going to be able to bang down low and rebound at a high rate, he has that. And if you if and this is nothing with like the Mavs system because they want like they love that rim rolling guy. If they're okay with him with having a five that's not your lob threat, um, then yeah, I mean Carter and your the intelligence, the person like all that stuff is great. Like everything you hear about him, just great guy, great kid, everything. So th- I mean, that's your, that's your calling card if your window. Carter's camp is saying he can be out Horford. So there you go. It's the best I can get. There you go.
0: And we've already made the case why the Mavericks shouldn't take him.
1: Yeah. I mean, and I hate doing this because like, he seems like a great kid and, he wasn't horrible. Like he had a great season at Duke, and when like Bagley missed a few games, through there he excelled and he did great. It's just that he just—it's really just—it's really really simple. He just has a little bit more question marks than the others, and I put it—I just put Jackson on a whole different tier than him, him. Jackson and Bamba and Bagley, and it's just when you're picking at five, you know. It, that's why I've just never really considered him because if you pick him at five, you're most likely passing on a Porter Jr., a Bamba, um, you know, like at least two or three of those guys. And even I mean, for me, Mikael Bridges, I mean I take Mikael Bridges over Wendell Carter Jr. any day, every day, whatever day it is. Like that, that's just that's a no-brainer for me. So. That, that's my only thing, and so a lot of my perception of Wendell is where we are drafting, and when it comes into to the offensive system, what Dallas runs. They like their center, too. I mean, going back to the days of Tyson Chandler, to the reason why we got Nerlens Noel, hashtag Tyson Chandler starting kit, and like... They like their center to be yes. this active. They want him to be an anchor. They want him to be a rim rolling, above the rim threat, lob threat. You got Dennis and JJ, these guys that's throwing lobs and stuff. But he's not going to, I just, it, I think it'd just be a struggle. And it's a weird fit into the offensive scheme. And I do have questions about how you can guard on the perimeter. and I think you would get taken advantage of that in the league.
0: For sure. There you go. That's the case for Wendell Carter Jr. Guys, thanks so much for listening to our draft profile, Mocked on, on Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.